Hey guys, and welcome to another new episode of Oto. Tonight is our Halloween special. We've been blessed with a two-hour time slot this week, so hopefully we can make up for not having an episode last week. I've been having some health issues again, and I apologize. Hopefully we'll be getting content out to you every week from henceforth. Trying to get this taken care of. I've been having a lot of mouth pain here lately, and... Hoping to have some oral surgery done, get that taken care of. On to the show! Tonight, we have Ev. Ev is back with us. Hello. Are you in costume? Uh, if by costume you mean sweatpants, yes. <laughs> well, I'm in costume. I'm in a whole alien getup. Uh, I don't think I'll be dressing up this year. I don't really have the... I don't really have the money to go out and, and, and do things this year, and we were kind of off the beaten path, so we don't really get any trick-or-treaters out here. I want to dress up, and I might, you know, do my makeup or something, but that, that's probably going to be it. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's unfortunate that you sort of started the show talking about you having some problems with your your teeth, but I think it's pretty fitting for Halloween because, you know, it's a reminder that if you eat all that candy, you should get your teeth checked out because... You know, if you don't take out, if you don't take care of your teeth, they're gonna be gone. Yes, th this is very, very true. <laughs> All right, so this is our Halloween special, special two-hour-long episode, and we've got some great tracks coming up, all centered around or chosen for the holiday. And first up, uh, we have Halloween Junkie Orchestra and the Candy Spooky Theater. Two very, very cool bands that embody this season. Halloween Junkie Orchestra is a super group formed by Haido of uh, Larson Seal and uh, Vamps fame. And Ev, uh, you weren't really familiar with this group uh, until I sent you the link to their music video the other week. Yeah, it's it's not that I wasn't familiar with it. Is that, to be honest, the only person I recognize in the whole thing when the song is playing is Hyde from 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 Larkin Taylor and also uh, Kyo from uh, Dur Langer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I mean I I, I honestly appreciate you know like it, it's cool that it's it's a really intricate like video and and the music's fun. And it's and it, it's obviously about the the Halloween. You know, it's like holiday. you've stepped into the Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's got a very Danny Elfman kind of feel to the to the music. Like I said, it is a super group, and they formed last year to make this song Halloween Party, and uh, Hyde uh, brought together all these other musicians who love the holiday to create this extremely catchy track. It's got uh, you know Haido from Luruku, Yasu from Acid Black Cherry, Daigo of Breakers, Kyo from Derlanger, Tomoko Kawase portraying both her Tommy February and Tommy Heavenly personas, Tatsuro of Mook, uh, Tsuchiya Ana, Aoki Ryuji, Wakashima Kanon, Kaz from Oblivion Dust and Vamps, uh, Hitsugi from Nightmare, Aki of Sid, and uh, Rina from Scandal. So quite a, quite, quite a lot of members in this project for just having yeah. the one single. <laughs> yeah, I like to be honest, when, it, when, when I see those type of supergroups, I'm just like, you know, there's too many chefs in this kitchen, get out of here. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's my 
personal thing. And it's mostly vocalists that comprise this. So there's very few, you know, yeah. actual musicians. You've got Hitsugi, uh, Aki, Rina, uh, and Kaz. They 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 pretty much make up the the actual musician portion of it. Everybody else is is a vocalist. <laughs> yeah. But really infectious tune. I can't stop listening to it. it. It and the song coming after it, I've been listening to on repeat for the past three or four days now. It very much screams Halloween. Well, it's Halloween party. <laughs> and uh, after that, we've got the Candy Spooky Theater with one of their earlier songs uh, released in 2005 called Merry Go Round from uh, their single Wonderland. Yeah, I, I I think that was the first song I ever listened to them when they came out. I think that was the first song I ever even found of them online, to be honest. It was one of the first uh, Candy Spooky theater tracks I heard, but I was familiar with Jack Spooky and uh, Peggy uh, from their work with uh, Dororo, which uh, was a group in like 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. Very shortly lived, but the songs that they released... They were precursors to what came later in the Candy Spooky Theater, and one of their songs was actually just a cover of a Dororo song, and uh, that was one of the earliest Candy Spooky Theater tracks. Now, the Candy Spooky Theater, they've been together for around 10 years now, and this year they have announced that they will be disbanding at the end of this season and i'm very upset about that i love this band they are incredibly fun i love everything about this track and a lot of their earlier works i i don't think they've had a release come out that i didn't like they're very consistent uh, they have a theme they run with it they are all based around you know, Halloween and monster movies and, again, a very Danny Elfman feel, feel if uh, you've seen a lot of uh, Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I think you bring up a good point, too. It's just, like, they do have their thing, which is, you know, like, being spooky and just surrounding Halloween. But then you have to sort of think about it, like, how many songs can I make about Halloween before I have to disband, you know? <laughs> Well, they made but it last it, 10 years, so that's a pretty good stretch of time for, for being what a lot of people considered a, you know, a one, one-trick one pony. For sure, for sure. Very popular in the Japanese goth scene. They're one of those crossover artists. They, they can play the to the goth crowd, they can play to the VK crowd, and not going to get looked at twice, or you know, no one's going to bring up any of their credentials, you know? Yeah. And that's similar, and you know, to we've mentioned them a lot. Velvet Eden is able to to cross that barrier. Auto Mod's able to cross that barrier. Uh, a few of the the previous post punk groups that we played uh, in the last episode have been able to to cross that line, but uh, that, that's pretty rare. You don't really see that. There is a pretty definite distinction between a visual K group and a gothic group. The best way I've seen this put into words is that a visual K group, the makeup and the outfits come off when they leave the stage. A goth group, no. They're going to keep it on. That's who they are. There is this bit of VK boys can be considered posers by, you know, goth artists. 
And I, I disagree. It comes from a different background. It's from the, the glam rock and, and uh, bands like Kiss and, and things like that. And it doesn't come from bands like, you know, The Cure or Christian Death. It doesn't, you see what I mean? They come from two yeah. different worlds. But I think you bring up a good point in that, you know, the lines bleed a lot. And mm. it's not just like VK or in goth. Like there's plenty of genres where it's just like, we all like to label and put put labels on things, but to a certain point, it gets very hard to be like, what's this and what's that, you know? Yeah. Fuck labels, that's all. Now, because we can curse, right? We can curse now, right? Yes, we can curse, so fuck labels. <laughs> yeah. That does happen a lot in VK, because VK as a genre, it's hard to pinpoint it as a musical style. It's more of a, an aesthetic that, that puts yeah. it into that category. There's VK bands that are pop-centric. There's those that are you know goth-centric. There's those that are screamo. There's those that, uh, you know, we like to play with classical ele- classical pieces and elements. Uh, so it really, you, you get a lot of variety within this one genre. That's why a lot of people don't even like considering it a genre, just as an aesthetic choice. Yeah. I I like to consider it a genre simply because it makes tagging the music easier. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, that this could be a whole other complete show, but I I do feel like there's these, these like VK staple sounds or VK, Mm -hmm. you know, like tropes, audio tropes that I hear in throughout a lot of the songs. And I can be like, oh yeah, this is VK to me. So, but of course, you know, what I think VK is to someone else, they might think it's something else completely. It's all subjective to a certain extent. Exactly. What's VK to us? I mean, we can hear vocals that, you know, are reminiscent of uh, Kyoka from Aline Mariage, like with Runatic that we have coming up later in the show, and things that incorporate music boxes and creepy vocals. These scream VK to us, but to a newer generation, what screams VK to them might be, you know, infectious pop rock chorus lines and spiky pink hair, you know? <laughs> Stars on your cheek or something, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the Oshari movement uh, from you know 2003 and onward has really become kind of the norm. So you're you're getting less and less of these VK artists that have the the more dark side to them. Yeah. All right. So getting right into our first block here, this is Halloween Junkie Orchestra with Halloween Party released last year on this day. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure it was on this day. And the Candy Spooky Theater with Merry Go Round from the Wonderland single released in 2005. When we come back, more delicious Halloweeny goodness. <laughs>
was Haido's Halloween Junkie Orchestra with Halloween Party and the Candy Spooky Theater with Merry Go Round. I adore those tracks. Like I said at the top of the show, they really bring to life the feeling of Halloween. So I wanted to play them right from the get-go, get everybody in the mood. And we're going to branch a little bit away from Danny Elfman land. <laughs> With our next block, and that's going to be that's going to consist of Aikaru, I'm Grief, and Satan. Mostly, really unknown artists coming up in our next block. Those of you who are familiar with uh, one of our recent episodes on metal in uh, the uh, Asian music world may remember me mentioning them as the former group of Versailles and Ju- Jupiter guitarist Teru. Aikiru was a really fun band, and I know you were a fan of them, Ev. I believe you had uh, a crush on Teru back then. <laughs> I love the vocalist a lot. The vocalist, he he just had this like look. He looked crazy, basically, but he could you know just have this insane voice and, and then just, I don't know, he, the best way I can sort of win over someone with this band is um, if you ever get to see some live clips on them on YouTube, especially from their last DVD, where it's like their last live, basically. It's just such a great, great, they were great performers. They knew how to like rile their fans up and just have fun. And you, you would just see a sea of hair just going everywhere. Like these like 14 year old girls just trying to break their necks from like <laughs> this hard metal sound. It was awesome. And plus they, as you were saying, they were really fun. A, a, a lot of this, a lot of their singles were themed. You know, one was a pirate theme. One was a, like a superhero theme. The, the other one, I think the most famous one that people know about is like their, their vampire theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, with one of their songs, and they did themes, but it never really seemed so like super cheesy, if that makes any sense. They 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 just had a an idea, and then they made a metal song around it, and I enjoyed it, and I loved it for them. Unfortunately, you know, they had some some tragedies in their life. They actually got I don't I, sorry I I don't mean to laugh about it. I don't know why I'm laughing, but they got in a car accident basically, a really bad one. I do remember caused, when think, that happened. Which uh, caused the drummer to, like, his legs, both of his legs to be broken, and that caused the band to be on hiatus, and then it got to the point where they just disbanded, which was sad. Yeah. But, you know, not all bands have to survive, and I'm glad, and I'm thankful for what they produced into the VK realm. I completely agree with you. The one thing I might, you know, have a little bit of a disagreement would be that you know, some of their looks were, were cheesy. I, some of them. <laughs> I, think I mean, but you... You you have to realize too, like they weren't like Cycle SM level of money either. They had like nothing. They're, they're just like a VK band. True. But no, of course they looked horrible. Like these pictures are horrible. <laughs> but you just have to you you sort of have to just like live in the fantasy with them and just go with it. And I'm but I totally understand what you're saying too. And uh, they're um. Some of their uh, music video locations you, you see a lot in, in other VK music videos. Uh, I think the one that they did with uh, the pirate theme, you also see that with the Anonymous Confederate Ensemble used it. Nine Goats Blackout used that same shoreline. Like, I'm noticing some similar rock formations. <laughs> yeah, and like you, you probably can catch like a car driving by in the background too. You know, like it's so <laughs> low budget. And low, but it, it shows, you know, that they're, they're doing what they can. To a certain extent, they don't have that because 
the Gazette or P PSC money or anything crazy like that. That is very much true. Uh, it's also like with older, say, undercoat production bands that, that all filmed in that same forest. And like you said, you could see these cars driving by and they're yeah. just playing their instruments with all they got. And then just, you know, random Subaru. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good. It, it's just like, that's something I like about VK that you sort of have to, people I feel like have this notion that just because they're, they're on the internet or they have a music video or they have like a really high quality picture doesn't mean that they're at the similar level to other bands that have the same thing. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I, I think people separate themselves from the illusion that these bands are like, you know, have all this money and they have a record label. Like these bands are shit, man. A lot of these bands have nothing. And you have to put that in perspective too, when you're going to tear into them saying that, yeah, they look like shit. Because maybe they are shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, they, they've got their nine to five jobs. And uh, that's why a lot of them end up leaving music is they can't really have any kind of sustaining future in the music business. They're, they'll get a promotion at their salaryman job and, oh, they got to take their piercings out. They, they got to, you know, put their hair back to its normal color. They, they can't devote as much time to the music anymore. And you can always see that when a, when a indie VK band is on the verge of dying is when the tones, the hair colors start getting more muted. <laughs> I, I was able to pick out when um, uh, there was, this undercode production band called Karen and they're the last look that they had. You just knew you, you knew that the end was near. <laughs> you know that the vocalist of Karen, speaking of hair, you know, he's a hairdresser now, right? I did not know that. Yeah. That is pretty they cool. have, and that band has awesome CD covers. This oh, they really very, do. This is a side, side, side note. Like they have in <laughs> some intense cover art, but I guess back to that. And you, you, you were mentioning about, um, you mentioned about Undercode, and the other song that's coming up is by the, an Undercode band called M Grief. And uh, I chose this song because, well, first and foremost, I chose it because there's birds in the middle of the song, which is a great touch during like the Halloween spirit. Yes. But it's this band that was, when it came out, not a lot of bands were doing what they were doing. They had a lot of synth in them, and it's just sort of, you know, I don't, I mean, I chose for the Hall, uh, I chose it for the Halloween show because it sort of sounds spooky at times you know with the, mm -hmm. the 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 crazy sound effects and just sort of like the the warping almost like it's like you're going insane but also i chose it because i love the melody in it especially near the end the vocalist whose name is rita um i'm a big fan of of his previous bands especially a band called colorzy which was a really small indie band but they had some i loved colorzy they they were amazing I loved a lot of the members in I'm Grief's uh, former projects. Uh, you've got ex-Chelsea members, ex-Lannis Dune, ex-Vice Risk. Some mighty fine VK stock coming into I'm Grief. Uh, 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 yeah, that band Allegory Pill 2, I like them a lot. They were yes, cool. uh, that's what Lannis Dune turned into. Uh, it was all the same yeah. members, just with a, a name change. I remember they had a really crappy website back in 2002 2003 that had one of those uh, little message boards on them little um, guest books and you could go on there and post in english and they'd actually respond in in their you know their little pigeon english what what they could but really <laughs> get really out nice guys <laughs> no they were really nice <laughs> Get out of here, Western pig. Okay. They were Sorry. really honored that the, someone from the West even knew about them. So. <laughs> like you said, it's got some elements that are 
kind of evocative of the of the Halloween spirit. But uh, for the most part, there's uh, this underlying romanticism in it. Yeah, like Mouseizer's type of stuff, which yes. I, you know, even if I bring that band up and comparing it to this, I might get stoned to death. But, you know, <laughs> when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, shit, this is like Mouseizer feeling esque. And Genesis. some of some of the uh undercode bands from two thousand seven, two thousand eight, they did kind of have that underlying romanticism to it. They they've moved away from that, I believe. They're going more the Oshare K route, the more happy yeah. dancey upbeat stuff. They disbanded so it's like I mean the the Didn't they go the on hiatus, kinda indefinite hiatus? No, the the labels closed. What happened yeah. now is um probably the the biggest band that was on there for right now in this band called Realize. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on this new label, which from that band I talked about earlier, Syndicate, the vocalist of Syndicate, he, I don't know where he's getting money from, I'm not going to ask, but he's the head honcho at uh, Goemon Records, and that's sort of like where Realize is their new home base. So maybe that's nice. in in spirit under Code 2, but there's no Kisaki, so... But there's I know been there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of VK uh, labels and things going under here recently. We haven't heard much from uh, Kikasa's label, uh, who's ex Dula Quartz. You haven't heard much out of him. Ella Music, that went down. I mean, I don't know if it's still up, but I know a lot of the bands left. Valcor left. Ruinar, uh, Ruinoir or whatever. Uh, they they actually disbanded. And then Runatic is actually is, is back to self-producing now. Which I'm glad that they're still going strong because they were quiet for probably a, a year or two. You didn't hear much yeah. coming out of their camp. Uh, so glad to be playing them a little on later in the show. Uh, and then coming up uh, after I'm Grief, we've got a, another band that's kind of in the same vein as the Candy Spooky Theater in that they're based around the horror genre. They're more associated with like the DJ Sisson and the Gothic Prince Ken and then uh, the the goth scene. They're not really associated with visual cat. And uh, they formed in 2008, the same year as I'm Grief, just recently disbanded. I think within the past few months. And unlike Candy Spooky Theater, the vocals aren't as clean. In fact, they're quite growly. So if that's your thing, you'll probably dig Satan. Uh, I really encourage that people go out and check the Magic in Your Dream music video that they put out. It's on YouTube. Really cheesy, good time. A lot of cheesy special effects. And you can tell they really love the horror genre. They love Halloween. This, this is this is what they do. This is what they love. So I wanted to, to spotlight them a little bit, even though they didn't really fit in with some of the other songs that were playing, simply because of the growly nature of the vocals. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it with our next block here. This is Aikyaru with Vampire de Manpaya, released in 2005. I'm Grief's Doku Haku no Sora from the Eternal Melody single released in 2008, and Satan with Corpses Parade from the Crawling from the Graves EP released last year. Oh, my God. 
and Satan with Corpses Parade. Up next, you heard us mention them earlier in the program, but they're going to be playing a track from the Kote Kote K band Runatic, which was, as Ev pointed out, on the L Music label. Now they're self-produced. Glad to see them back in action. Uh, now, Kote Kote, for those that are unaware, which is probably most of you, it's kind of a throwback subgenre within Visual K. It's bringing back the styles and sounds of the late 90s, early 2000s Visual K movement. So a lot of, you know, the creepy... Uh, you got music boxes, you've got you know, creepy babies singing verses, you've got uh, mm-hmm. screaming very... In this song in particular, we have a very Kyoka-esque screaming, kind of high-pitched wailing going on. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure to the people who are listening to this, that at times in this song, it may sound like there's a dolphin singing, but it's not a dolphin, it's a human being making these noises. It is a little dolphin-esque, but it might be synonymous with Kyoka-esque. Dolphin-esque, yeah. Kyoka-esque. Yeah. It's almost like 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 Echo the Dolphin. It's just like whales singing at some point. But uh, I don't know. This song is awesome. I really love Runatic. They're one of those bands, again, if you ever get to see some live clips of them, they're just wild. Their costumes are very a throwback to a lot of these old bands. A lot of feathers. And, and long-colored hair. They they don't have really yeah. you know short hairstyles, which is which is the trend now, is to have kind of shoulder length and spiky and, and uh, colors of pink and you know they're more you know we have long flowing locks and i like that that's that's uh, what got me into vk that's what keeps me in vk not too big a fan of the the more oshari bands out there uh, i do like a few of them especially when they kind of bend the line of oshari or they're just all out there into we are made of sugar and bubblegum. <laughs> so bands like uh, Charito <laughs> and Vinette, things like that on that spectrum, and the more, you know, we're going to cross the line a little bit like uh, Aikuru. So Runatic is the antithesis of all of that. It's inspiration from key party bands uh, like uh, Aline Mariage. Uh, we mentioned Kyoka-esque. That uh, his band was Aline Mariage, which was a uh, older 
band from the late 90s, which we played on our first show, I think. Yeah, and yeah, you can definitely tell just from the visual aspect of it, just from a picture and, and, and some of their songs, uh, they definitely maybe do an homage or maybe were you know inspired by them because they definitely sound a lot alike. And also, again, they're self-produced. You know, a lot of the stuff sounds might sound cheap or something like that, but put it into perspective before <laughs> putting any judgment on it. Exactly. But I, I love them. I love them. I, I, I was so happy when they actually released this mini album that this song is from because yes. they were saying, hey, we're going to release a mini album and no date, nothing, until it actually came out, which is great. Yeah, and then it just kind of appeared, and we were all happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love the mini album that this is off the uh, memory and the song that we're going to be playing. You can always spot a good Kote Kote band by how long the track name is for a single. And this one is no exception. It's a uh, Kurobara Zoku no Shotaijo Minagoroshi. <laughs> I love long title names. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm getting better good. at this. I'm getting better. So after Rune the Tick, we've got a band that not a lot of people have heard of, which is a pity because they're really talented, and that's a Magistina Saga. This is one of those rare bands that are actually fronted, or one of those rare Visual K bands that are fronted by a female. So they've got a female vocalist, really nice voice on this girl. And again, it's one of those, you know, I love music box intros. And it's, you know, just, ah, how I love you. And I love when you have eerie vibes like this one does. And and I love it even more when they transition into a kind of a manic Perot insanity. (laughs) And then it goes from that into kind of this dreamy territory. Just this track is awesome. I love it. (laughs) And they really do deserve much more love than they're getting. They just recently switched labels. They're on Starwave now, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't particularly care for Starwave Records. I mean, just the name, Starwave Records, come on. I know, I actually, of course, I'm not going to be that ass to be like, I'm going to judge a band by that label. It's just that it's that band is. Because that's like Kimwamu's label, right? It's like a so. side label. I think so. And, that, and that's, a, that's a whole show onto itself of who that person is <laughs> and just, you know, what he looks like. And it's just, it's too much. It's like a legend. I, I can't talk about it because he'll just appear and kill me or something. <laughs> yes, he's pretty infamous within uh, the Japanese golf scene and, and uh, the visual case scene both for his works with blood. And then he's pretty controversial. You know, it's one of those you're either going to love him or you hate him kind of deals. And obviously we know where Ev stands on this. <laughs> I haven't said anything. I just made a noise. But continue, please continue, please. <laughs> and after Majestina Saga, which is really good. Don't let it be uh, being a Kawamu produced band to, you know, deter you from checking out their stuff. They are really talented. <laughs> and uh, following them, we've got... One of the OGs. We've got one of my favorites. I uh, say this way too often on this show, but I have mentioned them before. And that's Der Zibit. Love Der Zibit. Love the vocalist Issei. Really influential band. It, uh, they formed in 1982, disbanded in the early 90s, reformed in 2009. The music ranged from pop rock to post-punk. And the song that we're playing tonight, Masquerade, is on the, the post-punk side of things. And that's probably due to their later works being more influenced by Issei and his connections with the band uh, Book Tick. 
this song Masquerade is even has a featured uh, vocals from Atsushi Sakurai of Bucktick, and they are pretty good friends. And this song was even redone on one of their most recent albums that they put out. Really? Yes. And it is fantastic, both versions. I have a tough time picking which one I like more, but I think I'm going with this one from 1991, simply because this is the one that I've been listening to for going on 15 years now. So <laughs> it's, it's hard it's hard to get away. And it's one of my favorite tracks. I, I love putting it on. It gets stuck in my head. <laughs> it's one of those. Fantastic. I absolutely adore it. If you get a chance, go check out their newer work. It is pretty much a safe focus, so it moves away from some of the post-poc. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the po- <laughs> the po- <laughs> post-pocky sticks. What? Yeah, what? the post-pocky sticks, the pop rock songs that they had early on in their career, and moves more into the post-punk vibe of Issei's solo works. <laughs> I eventually got that out there. Yeah. <laughs> So this is uh, Runetic with Kurobara Zoku no Shotaijo Minagoroshi from the mini album Memory, which was released this year. Uh, Majestina Saga with uh, Tsui Oku no Oto <laughs> from the Tone of Temptation mini album released last year. And Derzibit with Masquerade featuring Atsushi Sakurai, and that is from the album Shishunki Tsu. Uh, Downer Side, which was released in 1991.
And that was Runatic with Kuro Barazoku no Shotai Jo Minagoroshi from Memory. <laughs> <laughs> Majestina Saga with uh, Tsuyoku no Oto and Derzibit with Masquerade. And as Ev is giggling at my pronunciation, as I'm sure you all are. <laughs> Moving on, next block is kind of post-punk-a-palooza volume two here. We're just going to have a mini block here of three songs within the, the post-punk genre. All of them extremely influential. Uh, first one being Soft Ballet, which was, as I said, highly influential. They were an electronic group that formed in uh, 86, have had nine full-length albums, quite a few singles, very political, I believe, uh, from what I've heard. But I mean, like they, yeah, they they made like one album that is said to be about you know the Gulf War. But yeah, as you were saying, like they've been around for a long time, mostly in like the new wave, the best way, like new wave electro industrial type of mm-hmm. genre. Which surprisingly, they got huge, really popular in Japan. Again, as you're saying, nine albums spanning from 1989 to 2003, and I don't know, uh, it has a very I guess if you know about their names, like they're sort of, I, I don't want to say legendary or anything like that, but they're well-known people. Like uh, Ken Morioka, he's the main, I guess, composer. I, I, well, I, I don't know if he's the main composer, but he's a really famous guy who composed a lot of their songs. And he's famous for his stage presence of being extremely flamboyant to the point where he's like grinding on his like keyboards and just like writhing in one motion and so dancing. Is he to blame for fan service? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's awesome, though. He's completely cool. He's literally, like, strutting down the runway, like, playing his piano at the same time. It's really hard to explain because it's just, like, it's composed of three members, and each of them are so different. One is just some, like, some stoic guy on the piano. The other guy is, like, the vocalist who's pretty charismatic and has an awesome voice. And then you see fucking Ken, who is this, like, it's just, like, I, I can't even explain. I can't even explain it. He's just, like, this, a ghost of a drag queen just entered into him and just, like, <laughs> Is insane, but he they like it's awesome. It's awesome. This song, um, no pleasure. It's just like it's a jam, and I love like if I if I don't go to club, I want this type of music to be played because I'm gonna be fucking popping my pussy to this fucking song. This song <laughs> is awesome, and a lot of their old stuff are, are really great too. Like um, s- singles like uh, Body to Body, Twist of Love, Engaging Universe, White Shaman. Oh, I'm telling you, this band You're not is a fan, awesome. Are you? <laughs> I love. I love. I love soft ballet. If you only get one thing out of this whole show, just know soft ballet. I, I, I actually hold on because I'm probably going to have the same type of reaction when I talk about Emery in like a song after, but they're <laughs> awesome. And if, if you like this type of, you know, like new wave sort of um, Depeche Mode, it, 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 if you like Depeche Mode, you'll like this. And if you like this, you're cool. That's all I got to say. Well, as I said during the, the break, they're not too familiar with their stuff, so I'm not as going to gush about them as much as you just did, my friend. But you definitely have caught my interest, and you're going to have to send me some more to, to listen to, because uh, I, I do want more of this after listening to this song. This is right up my alley, and I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't heard as, as much... Or I've heard as little as I have, so you know, you know, you're going to have to set me down the right path here, Ev. <laughs> uh, you know, I was put on this earth for a reason. Don't worry about it, Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> and that reason, apparently, ladies and gentlemen, is to pop his pussy to soft ballet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, after that, we have another <laughs> highly influential and infamous band uh, in the post-punk genre, and that's Madame Eduarda. They formed in 1980. They kind of were one of the originators of the Japanese goth and visual scenes, uh, along with uh, Auto Mod, which we played in our last episode. And I have nothing of this band. I mean, like, this band is, I've always seen them as, like, mysterious as in I've never, I never got any of their music or I couldn't find it because the people who had it were too big of an asshole to never share it. But, so it's cool that you had it and you put it on here because, it, yeah, it's like, I don't know, Madame Eduarda is such a cool first name. I mean, first off, it's a cool name. And also, like, the ad, like the visual aspects were just, it was just so weird. It's just, like, They were very much different. ahead of their time. Uh, if you put it in context here, they, they formed in 1980, and they're looking like bands that they had a, uh, an aesthetic to them that you didn't really see again until, you know, the early 90s with, uh, you know, X-Japan and things like that. Yeah. Uh, just a very unique look to them, and Zen, the, the vocalist, his look has been imitated all throughout the 80s and the 90s in the visual scene. Uh, yeah. And you are right, it's hard to come across their stuff uh, if you're a Western fan of this genre, because those that do have it, they are very stingy with it. It's the, one of those little Holy Grail items that, that uh, it's just really hard to find. I was uh, lucky enough to, to come across this album. It's uh, the Marquise Hysteric uh, album released in 1984, and it's just a brilliant release. Uh, it's the production's not all that good, but you also have to keep in mind that this is a was an indie band. They did a lot of the stuff themselves, and it really feel you get that that grainy grit to it that uh, is missing from this age of digital media. Yeah. But the, the song we're going to be playing is called uh, Nosferatu, so I, I thought that it, that was a pretty good pick for our Halloween episode. We're we're, we're going with with Dracula here. We're going with vampires. So (laughs) let's just stay the course and let's play Nosferatu by Madame Eduarda. (laughs) After that, we have a mutual favorite of ours, the amazingly talented group Emery. Yeah. All I said about Soft Ballet, multiply that by like 10. Emery is (laughs) awesome band. And I can, uh, I can join you in, in your fervor for this group. <laughs> I may not be yeah. all that familiar with soft ballet, but I adore Emery. And I have every, just anything I can find by them, I have to snatch up as soon as I can. Because it's one of those, they have limited number pressings for a lot of their stuff. So if they come out with something, you better nab it. Because it's going yeah. to go away very soon. <laughs> Yeah, and and like like and and just some background information about them. They've been a band since 2000, and it's always scary to say that because they've been active and they've you know they 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 tour and they release a bunch of stuff. And it's scary because I don't want machines. Yeah, and it's scary to even mention that like yeah they've been around since 2000 because I'm scared just by saying it they're gonna disband at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, predominantly goth band. They teeter between the the sort of the lines of VK. Sometimes they they tour with vk groups and sometimes they tour with you know goth groups and sometimes they tour by themselves mm-hmm. they're just their own thing and they've created a a pretty loyal fan base i don't know and they're pretty popular to to, to be quite honest because a lot of their releases become sold out and hard to find after as you mm-hmm. were saying um something that i love about emory is the vocalist his name is so and it's just like this wailing of i don't know the if you see some some live clips of them he has his face of just like he's almost like 
he's crying basically it's almost like wailing of the notes and he's he he has such a powerful voice and it and it meshes really well with with the music and i enjoy every single thing that they've released i hope that they just keep on making what they do and nothing happens to them because that would suck if they disband <laughs> i completely agree and this is one of those bands that oftentimes gets lumped into the Nagoya K genre, even though they're not from that region. But they, yeah. they uh, had good relations with bands like Dead Man and Gullet. And uh, as you were talking about with uh, So's performance, very much reminds me of Mako from Dead Man and how he would just pour his soul into a performance, but it was subdued. It was you had to look at his face and, and his mannerisms. He wasn't all over the stage. This this is yeah. not one of those bands that, that's going to have a lot of hand waving and, and para para in their things. That's just not who they are. So the 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 gripping appeal of a live performance from one of these is just to see, you know, the soul come out of them when when they're when the, particularly the vocalists are doing what they do, because most everyone else in the band is just going to be looking at the floor and, <laughs> and not yeah. doing much. No, totally. I think they're one of the like the few remaining bands that I would actively try to try to see some at some point live before they go because they're I just agree. great. I, I love them, and honestly, like you know, go to YouTube, search their stuff because it's 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 really great to to try to understand, yeah, you listen to the song, but then if you, if you watch it, it might put two and two together. I don't know. But they're great. Emery's great. They are. That is a, a band that I, I really do want to see live, and I hope they have many, many more years ahead of them. As you said, they've been together since 2001. They're long, long-standing band and pretty consistent members for the for the past few years, anyway. Uh, yeah. All every release is is consistent and high quality, and you, you can tell that they put a lot of time and effort into them because they they don't release you know a single every few months as is common in the VK scene. You have a band that'll last maybe a year and a half, and then and they've released you know ten singles in this time span. That they're not one of those bands. They they carefully craft an album or a mini album. Very rarely do they you know put out just a single. Yeah, but but the only thing I have to I have to throw dirt on them. They are guilty of making like re remastering songs like three times. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. They've that, had I'll have what, to go two, against them, but... two remix remaster releases they've put yeah. out. <laughs> Not and that they're, they're not amazing. Like <laughs> they are yeah. amazing, but uh, it, it gets to the point where you're wanting new stuff, not just the stuff you've been listening to for the past 10 years. And yeah, uh, but... now that they're older, they're, they're kind of cashing in on that a little bit, uh, I feel. No one's perfect. No one's perfect. We get it. <laughs> All right, so this is Soft Ballet with No Pleasure, as Ev is going to be, you know, doing what he do in the background there and Madame Eduardo with Nosferatu and Emery with Grotesque
That was Madame Eduarda with Nosferatu from the Marquis Hysteric album released in 1984. And following that was Emery with Grotesque from Love Letter Dark Mania released in 2007. And Ev, we were having a bit of a discussion during the break whether or not it's grotesque or grotesque. Yeah. I mean, both work, to be honest. And honest, and, and this is also proof. Like, they've probably recorded this song like five times, no lie. Yeah. Like, back to the thing we were talking about. But I think grotesque is sort of cool, but I think guru sex is better. It's it's more edgy. It's edgy. Yeah, it's more edgy and dark. <laughs> I really do enjoy a, a lot of the, the goth bands that come out of Japan. We've had pretty much two episodes back-to-back devoted to this, this one being you know two hours long. So you yeah. can tell this is, this is a genre that you and I both really love, uh, in addition to Visual K. Moving from uh, the post-punk world, we're going into something I like to affectionately call Circus K. (laughs) (laughs) No one else really calls it that, but when you have singers that dress up like clowns and, you know, a lot of your music is centered around organ grinders and things like that, it's hard to to call it anything else. Final block this evening will be uh, Elm. And the Pumpkinhead, two amazing bands, and I say that word a lot. I know I do, and I say I say that a lot, a lot. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Elm is could probably be called Circus K. It's very danceable rock music and extremely creative visuals. Name of both of these bands coming up originate from horror movies, with Elm being from Nightmare on Elm Street and the Pumpkinhead being from Pumpkinhead. We try to be a little thematic. I don't know if yeah. you guys have noticed. <laughs> the Elm has a really cool... I'm not sure if they have the same logo, but that logo that they have for their band name is is basically like an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. It's the claw and everything. It's really cool. But yeah, I think Elm, out of all these bands, is the one that's not disbanded. Well, no, I think Magistrina, I mean, Magistina Saga might be still active, but... And Durzibit uh, is still active nowadays, oh yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but hasn't had a disbandment of any type. That would probably be yeah. Magistina Saga, Emery, Elm... Uh, I think that's it. Everyone yeah. else has, has had Elm either is... a long hiatus or have uh, disbanded at some point. Yeah. Elm has, um, they are fairly recent, like 2009 they started. Mm-hmm. And they've, they have, they've had their fair, fair share of singles in a, in a full album. And Malice yeah, as Wonderland, just... which is wonderful, guys. Uh, hard to find nowadays, but uh, I highly encourage you to, to track it down if you can find a copy. I love it. I play it a lot. Yeah, and just as you were talking about, um, it's really fun music. I, I like a lot of their songs. I like this song a lot. I, I chose this song to play it here. And I also like their uh, Forest of Mushroom song, which I don't know. That, I mean, that title is hilarious. Yeah, but <laughs> as you were saying, it's just their visuals are very striking. And if you, I think right now their newest pick is is very Halloween-esque of like, you know, yes. I think I think on, honestly something about, I mean, maybe the vocalist is like fisting a pumpkin or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm something like that. That's but, still going yeah, to have... be the cover photo for this episode, by the way. <laughs> I'll find it and I'll send it to you. After Elm, um, which will be playing Le Miserable from Kudroi Shotaijo, which I, I'm not sure when that was released. I can't remember off the top of my head, and I don't have it in my notes here. I think it's a part of the, the album, too, but it first came out in a single. Okay. 
And yeah. after Elm, we've got The Pumpkinhead with uh, Kami Washinda, which uh, was released in 2004. So this is something I've been listening to for a while now, since late high school years for me. Uh, and I again, love this song. Uh, yeah, this song's awesome. it, it, another one of those bands where you, you can't really call them anything else besides Circus K, because <laughs> it, they have a vocalist who's a clown who goes by the name of Furaipan, or Frypan. Frypan, yeah. And he is great. They have an entire song about a banana. It's yeah. <laughs> and he's in a wedding dress. Yes. In that PV. Banana. Yeah. But um, I I I like this song because the song is probably I I obviously I don't know Japanese, but I know the title means like God is dead, right? Yes. And the chorus is just so uplifting and light and almost like fun and it's very catchy. Celebrating and the I, fact <laughs> that God is dead. Yeah. And uh, again, this band was actually, they, they became fairly popular till the end. They're a Nagoyaki band. A, a lot of the artists, I mean, a lot of the members after it didn't go into much bands. I, I think one person went into that Chariots band, but that's a horrible band. But um, <laughs> one, one, of the, one person who did actually continue his VK career was the drummer. Yes. Uh, he actually started uh, Shimizuya Records, which had the band Charlotte and Lycon. And now they've added newer bands called like uh, uh, Avil Kane is probably their newer band. But I, I think they've had more the most success in that band, Lycon. Like they're very big. They're a very big band. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy for the drummer to, to sort of set a label by himself. And he has a fairly successful VK band on, the, on his hands, which is cool. It's a rarity nowadays. We we don't have as many quality VK centric labels anymore. Most of these guys are are going to be self produced. You know, as you said, you know, Undercode is is, is folding, and it's not like where, where we had back in the day, where we had uh, Donuts Records West, uh, Key Party, Soleil, uh, Matina, which you know became Undercode. You know, yeah, Eternal, uh, Climax, just all these great labels that, that, that don't exist anymore. LA Music, which which we, we mentioned earlier. So it's good to see a VK artist, former VK artist, starting a VK label and having success. That, that should be taken note of. And those of you out there, that for anyone in the Asian markets, get out there, make a VK label, you know, resurrect this <laughs> dying genre. Resurrect it. Bring, raise it from the ashes. <laughs> at, at this point, it's just being dragged. It's a dead horse. But uh, I love dead horses, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it does. It needs a resurgence. A word. It, it's a genre filled with host boys and, and uh, Oshare K is pretty much killed this thing that we once loved but that's a whole different story whole different episode <laughs> but uh, the pumpkin head uh, Kami Washinda this is probably the first release I ever heard about them uh, like I said it was released in 2004 I have been listening to this since high school and that just dawned on me just how many years it's been since this was released I remember when this came out and I'm feeling old Ev <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, um, I totally remember too trying to trade stuff for them on Soulseek and and just trying to get as much as possible. After I had like a, I heard two songs of them and they're just awesome. They have a really great, a, a great discography, really fun band live. 
you can obviously tell that they're not taking themselves seriously. I mean, to the point where this guy walks around with like a, 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 a like like a clown nose, you know. His look is totally of a clown with clown nose, the white face, the the, the traditional Pedro look. That's fry pan. And like like we mentioned, wearing a wedding dress in videos and just being goofy, it's it's wonderful. There should be more bands like that. Yeah, totally. Take risks. Put a nose on. Put a wedding dress on. Sing about bananas. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Wrapping up. This is the end of the night. We've got two great bands closing out the show. We hope you enjoyed our Halloween special. The Ookie Spooky Halloween special. <laughs> Ev, where can we get a hold of you? Best place you can contact me is my Last FM page. My Last FM username is Yami Bito, which is Y A M I B I T O. And that's the best place you can contact me. As usual, guys, we are on oto-show.com. We do have a Facebook profile. If you want to give us a like, we'd certainly appreciate it. And that's at facebook.com slash the Oto Show. We are also on Twitter, and I'm going to be start using that more. You'll uh, begin to see more Asian music news and articles relating to what we do here, and that's at Oto Show Official. And you can email me, MamaCast, directly at uh, MamaCast at Oto-Show.com. And join the Last FM group. Want to find out what you're listening to, what you want to see and hear on the show. Where, where do you want to see Oto going in the future? We, we want your feedback. So good night, everybody. Hope you enjoy the last two songs. This is Elm with Les Miserables from Kuroi Shotaijo. And The Pumpkinhead with Kamiwa Shinda. Happy Halloween.
た僕のワンダーランドへ君が迷わず飛び込んだことに気にする大聖堂のステンドグラスから注ぐ神聖な光みたいに瞳を輝かせ奇妙な生き物や不思議だらけの世界に君は胸を踊らせていたけれどいつしか芽生えた大人への情景が小さな揺らぎ起こしバタフライネットのように世界を崩壊へと導きだろう愛すればこそ君の望むがまま背中を見送ろう帰りに出せるそこだよまた会える時が来たら立ち戻すけどカラスがなぜ逃げるか教えてあげてどうかどうかいつまでもお元気で「ちょっと待ちまで連れて行ってよ」
Oto is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.